0: Amazing things can happen when you decide that you want to improve the relationship with your spouse by offering a blessing. Now, that's not really easy. Some of us struggle with, let's call it selfishness. But uh, I'm John Fuller, along with my friends and Focus colleagues, Erin Smalley and her husband, Greg, and we're gonna help you feel better about all this. Um, Aaron, how does it feel if Greg is trying to intentionally do things that will bless you, that will bring joy and happiness to you?
1: I feel so honored and loved and seen, and it's so interesting, something so simple just came to my mind as you asked me that question. We just returned from South Africa, and the very last day we were there, I was putting my makeup on, and I mean, this had been a long, hard trip, and one of my eyeliners rolled off the bathroom cabinet and onto the ground underneath this vanity in the bathroom.
0: At a hotel? In
1: a guest house. Oh, my. And my husband came in, and I expected him to go, oh, what was it, like, you know, $4 thing, no big deal, just leave it there. He got down on his hands and knees and crawled underneath this vanity in this guest house in a foreign country, and I was like, oh. I wonder what he's He's going to find under under there. there. The
2: got stuck, so that was awkward.
1: (laughs) But what I really loved is that it was like, I just sat there going, he just did that. And that just blesses me to see him do that kind of stuff. Yeah,
2: I found things under there that I cannot possibly begin (laughs) to describe. And
1: I don't want (laughs) to know.
0: The listener would turn this off. So when you seek to bless your spouse, who knows what you're going to (laughs) find. Yes. (laughs) And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm John. So Jim Daly and I spoke with Gary Thomas at a couples retreat uh, that was held here on the campus of Focus. And uh, Gary had previously described a frustration that he and his wife, Lisa, had kind of worked through. Um, As they got off an elevator, he was all mad because she wanted to go in one direction and he thought it was wrong. And things uh, started to change when he just politely said, hey, hon, this way. I've tried to do what you're suggesting, and I found that I actually need to be open to what she's saying in terms of training me, right? There's, <laughs> this is good. That's the tricky part. Well, I mean, you know, it's, I have, when you said I, you put it on her, I got that, Gary, because I've done that. <laughs> and we've been trying to talk through, well, how does that trigger you, and how do I, if I open that door, as a person of purpose, as a follower of Christ, I really need to be open to how she instructs me. And it might not be something as simple as this way, hon. Right? Absolutely. So how do I handle that if she goes a direction that I'm not ready for? (laughs) Because I thought it was this way, hon. Yeah. And it's something bigger.
3: Uh, Well, if we could go back to the second half of the magnificent obsession, if we see marriage as something designed by God to shape us to, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, I'm to seek righteousness, which implies I don't have it and that I have to grow into it. And so I've got to figure out how do I grow into the kind of righteous man who can love my wife in that way. Now, I'm being honest. Sometimes I resent it. I'm like the guy who goes to the gym and drives around the parking lot looking for a close place to park, before he goes into exercise. And you realize, have you lost all sense of purport? This is why you're here to exercise and you're worried about walking too far into the gym. And so I can resent it about marriage, but then why why do I go into the gym and work out on machines that will make me sweat, that will make me hurt, that will make me tired and make me sore? Because I think I can be healthier and fitter and faster. And if I have this attitude that my greatest need is to learn how to love and not to be loved as we talked about before, then when she says that, I say, okay, Gary, this is a time for you to grow in patience, in humility, in understanding, to become the kind of man that makes her feel cherished. Now, I want to throw out a caveat because it can be taken too far. Everything we say can be taken too far in one sense, and that's why people can criticize everything because I was very convicted one time in prayer by God when I felt like I had this tendency as I was praying for Lisa to try to turn Lisa into a love Gary like he wants to be loved machine. And that sounded so horrific and narcissistic and horrible, but that's where my fallen man goes. Um, And so, yeah, somebody can hear me say, you're supposed to kill that spider and that spider and that spider, and if you're not talking about killing your spiders. If you're talking to your spouse about killing their spiders, you've got to be careful you're not getting into that place where I go. It's a natural place where we're all tempted to go. Become that love-me-like-I-want-to-be-loved machine instead of how do I love you. You're, we're becoming the spider spouses we talked about. Well, and
0: you, you talk about that conquering attitude as the differential. And I would think that takes that discussion to that deeper level. You know, which way you get off on the elevator might irritate your night, but (laughs) some couples are down to where this situation is never going to change, and they become very irritated, maybe even to the point where they're thinking of the D word. And I like that idea that you push a couple to think about how to see that obstacle or that situation, maybe a very serious situation, to see it as an opportunity to grow in your marriage. I don't think people in the heat of battle in their marriage, they're not gonna think that way. So how how do you condition yourself to flip that switch and say, okay, rather than go toe to toe on this, I'm gonna see this as
3: an opportunity to improve my marriage. (laughs) Well, I talk about the two dimensions of marriage. How can I get my needs met or how can I bless you? And as Christians, our response out of Genesis 12 which God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing. So my call, every time there's conflict with my wife like that, it's am I fighting to get my needs met or am I fighting to bless my spouse? Now, that doesn't mean becoming a doormat. Because sometimes you have to stand up to bless your spouse. Blessing your spouse means doing what's best for them from God's perspective. Mm. So they may not even be happy with it, but Mm. you're still blessing them as far as, as God is looking at it. So I would say going into conflict, I used to hate conflict. I was so I was just pathetically immature about conflict when I got married. I really thought if we had a good marriage, we wouldn't have conflict, and I feared conflict. But now I see it as a way to understand her. Okay, this is what gets you angry. This is what makes you fearful. This is what makes you feel insecure. And so instead of trying to come out and win, because if I win, that means she loses, and having a wife who feels like she lost... There's no winning in that. Um, It's like, okay, how can I come out of this and understand you better? Um, One of the things that's been really helpful for me in understanding conflict where I was so weak, I always grew up with the fight or flight response. I was probably more on the flight end, but I've learned there's a third response that counselors are talking about now, and that's the fallen response. And that's often papering over the issue because you don't want to bring it up because it might hurt their feelings even though it's true. So let's say husband is being a jerk at a party and a friend calls him out. Hey, you're acting like a jerk and you're driving home with them. and he goes, you believe Jim said I'm a jerk? And you're like, well, that's because you were a jerk. And I said, no, you know, he was just being too harsh. That would be called the fallen response. You're not helping that person. You're not being honest. Now there's depending on where the relationship is and figuring out a way to say it in a way that's redemptive and not hurtful, but being committed to the truth. The the ideal, and I realize, Jim, this is the ideal, the ideal is that we're both seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. If we both have a commitment that we're not there yet, we need to grow in righteousness, marriage is a great tool to help us become holy, so I'm going to write a book about that sometime. Every time we're in this conversation, okay, it's not about what frustrates me or frustrates you. What honors God? I mean, I talk about building a marriage worthy of our calling. So often we're about how do I build the kind of marriage that honors me or makes me happy or makes me satisfied. When I think Paul would call us to build the kind of marriage that pleases God, that glorifies God, that witnesses to God, a marriage worthy of our calling.
0: Well, Greg, um, something really important that Gary Thomas brought up in that uh, clip was uh, that sometimes we need to confront our spouse. I mean, there are times when I'm wrong, and Dina kind of needs to get in my face. I mean, rare times. Yeah, but I, I, yeah when I was like you know, 20, 22 years old or something. <laughs> uh, but what about the person that is conflict-averse, and it doesn't matter what my spouse might really need help with, I just don't even
2: want to go there. Yeah, yeah. I'm laughing because this question is directed at me. The conflict avoider. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. thank you to our, (laughs) thank to our producers (laughs) for calling me out that way. Um, Yeah, as a conflict avoider, now I really do understand the value of confronting when something maybe I'm hurt by it or offended by it. Something hits me wrong. Instead of stuffing that, sweeping that under the rug, because I think actually how that is blessing Aaron. When when I choose to suspend harmony and actually face something that, that's awkward or a difficult conversation is that it's, one, protecting our marriage. So it's keeping resentment from building up maybe in my heart or, or even negative beliefs from developing. It's easy when I get hurt and frustrated. If I don't deal with that, if I don't bring that up to Aaron— boy, that can shift the way that I see her. Mm -hmm. Then I can start seeing her through more of a negative lens. Like, oh, look, here we go again. She just certainly doesn't respect me or doesn't appreciate me. And then that becomes my truth about her, which is going to damage our relationship. So I think we're protecting the marriage. We're also helping our spouse grow. You know, it talks about in the Bible that iron sharpens iron. And there's there's a reality there when, when I choose to bring up something to Aaron. I mean, in many ways, she gets to take that feedback to the Lord. Between Aaron and the Lord, they can decide, is this a growth area? Is this something that I need to really pay attention to? So that gives her that yeah. opportunity because my wife loves growing. I mean, she's, she's always yeah. over the years, you know, have, has gone to counseling and just always looking for ways to grow. In in and if I don't bring stuff up then I'm I'm potentially then then maybe keeping an area that, that she would then want to work on between her and the Lord. Yeah.
0: I've often told colleagues here um at work that I can't manage that which I don't know. Right. In other words, I, I guess that's a double negative in some respects, but if oh, I don't did. know about something, I can't address it. And so right. it really is loving To bring up something to our spouse to say, you know, if you tried this, almost it has to be with a gentle spirit. What you know, what Gary Thomas was talking about, um, to some degree, Aaron.
1: Yeah, and. If he doesn't come to me to share something with me, then same, I don't know that something's bothering him. And maybe it's something in our relationship even that needs to be adjusted. And so I can grow individually. And if I come to him with something, he can grow. And then our relationship can shift as well. Yeah.
0: Well, it is really fortunate that you're both committed to growing. I've told Dina, I love that about her. I didn't say I wanted to grow, I was
2: just wanting to help Aaron grow. (laughs) Oh, but I will help you grow
1: whether you
2: want to or not. You've got a helper who will help you grow whether you want to or not. (laughs) You're so
1: lucky.
0: Well, listen, we're being kind of lighthearted about this, but there are some significant things that go on in life. And and it might be that you're up against a really tough spot right now and you're not laughing. This is very painful for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Give us a call here at Focus on the Family. Of caring Christian counselors. Our donor community makes it possible for them to have a free phone consultation with you. Um, They are wonderful and they'll be able to help you just uh, kind of figure out where you're at and maybe uh, some steps toward um, some freshness in life, maybe uh, an appropriate way to bring something up with your spouse. Uh, We're a phone call away. It's 800, the letter A in the word family, 800 232 6459. We'll link over to our counseling services uh, there in the show notes. And then look for Gary Thomas's great book, A Lifelong Love. It is filled with wisdom that will bring blessing to your marriage. And we're making that available when you make a one-time gift of any amount to the ministry. Uh, Support the ministry financially. We'll send the book to you, and the details are in the episode notes. More from Gary Thomas next time. And for now, on behalf of Greg and Erin Smalley and the entire staff, I'm John Fuller, and Thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.